Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. We do not have a guest today. What you are about to listen to is a talk that I gave to the professional sales class at Duquesne University a couple weeks ago. I was invited by my friend David Browers to speak to the class I'd previously spoken uh, to a class he taught up at Westminster College. And really the name of the game, the essence of what I was trying to convey, the, the takeaway that I needed to deliver to that class was that LinkedIn is having its moment. LinkedIn uh, for job seekers, for job climbers, people who are aspirational looking for their next gig, brand builders, storytellers, there is so much white space with which to play on that platform. Uh, Microsoft acquired LinkedIn less than two years ago. They are pumping resources into this platform and the getting is good. So we spoke about how you could go about connecting with the hiring managers, with the decision makers that you want to connect with, how you can start to create content, but also at the base level, if you're not on LinkedIn regularly, if you're spending most of your time on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, how do you learn a new platform? Understand the psychology, the language, the culture of these different platforms, because they all have distinct perspectives. How do you get a feel for that? How do you get your finger on the pulse? and figure it out so that you can start to make moves. All of that is covered in this conversation, plus some great questions from the audience. I hope that you enjoy it, and thank you so much for indulging this episode, which is very Aaron-centric. I hope that you learned something. If you do, let me know. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. you to Aaron Watson. He's a friend of mine and social media expert. He has his own agency called Piper Creative. He's also been a professional athlete and uh, he's here today to talk to you guys about connecting the dots and how these things work and how to really get an advantage now and how you can take advantage of, of the opportunities and skill sets that you guys currently have to make the most of your careers, whether it's in sales or anything else. Uh, these types of things really can go a long way. So, Aaron, thank you very much for coming. And <laughs> <laughs> thought I was going in for the handshake there. Um, let's crush one thing right off the bat. The professional athlete part was ultimate frisbee for the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds. <laughs> so don't take that too seriously. One thing to take very seriously though is Piper Creative uh, agency. I founded a year ago with my co-founder Hannah Phillips. What we do is three pretty basic service offerings. Number one, we help brands and companies produce podcasts. We also help them produce what we call talking head LinkedIn videos, which is basically a two to three minute video where you're looking directly at the camera, giving your two cents on some kind of micro topic um, that people come to LinkedIn for. That's a big thing that I wanna make sure everyone walks away with today is that you all need to have a presence on LinkedIn, you need to be more active there, because much like how Snapchat had a moment and Instagram is kind of still having a moment but really had a moment about a year or two ago, LinkedIn is having that moment right now, and particularly for the type of people that would take a professional sales class, like this is just a place that you absolutely have to be. And then the final thing that we offer at Piper is something called documentary as a service. So as you can see, TJ's in the back right now filming. This talk is gonna go up on our company vlog. We're then gonna take the maybe 40 minute video that we create, pull out six different moments, and post those as individual videos on LinkedIn 
probably on Instagram too and a couple other platforms. And that is what we are trying, attempting to sell into major companies like PPG, like PNC, like Dick's Sporting Goods, because it represents all of these forms of media, not only represent where people's attention are right now, how you communicate in the modern world, but really kind of a transformational philosophy in business of authenticity and transparency around what's going on in the business world. So as I guess many of you are either job hunting right now or will be job hunting in the very near future, if you go on to the page at PNC that says what the entry level role looks like, they tell you that you're gonna have the mentor or you're gonna do this, that, or the other thing, but you don't have any way to actually sink your teeth into that and understand what it means and what that will actually look like. Imagine if there was a video of what a day in the life of a management trainee looked like. Before you even were three steps into the application interview uh, introduction process, you already had a very clear understanding of what you were getting yourself into. There was no way they could hoodwink you, tell you you'll be doing this, and you end up doing something over here. Um, that's a philosophy that we're trying to push forward in the Pittsburgh business community and beyond, um, but also something that we're doing ourselves. We're eating our own dog food and proving the model with our own success with Piper. So we've been vlogging our company from day one. That's not super interesting right now because we're less than a year old. Uh, we're not even close to doing a million dollars in annual recurring revenue. But one day in the future, if we're a $17 million business with 47 employees, that's a pretty distinct accomplishment. And to be able to have that library of old content back from day one, when it was literally just me and Hannah figuring shit out, not knowing what was going on, and then to show that entire progression to 47 employees and beyond, that's the... I mean, that's like the bread and butter of a great narrative where not only people can be interested and entertained, but really learn something. How is that relevant to you? It's relevant to you in that this generation of people that I would say we are all in has a fluency on these platforms, just basic, don't do this, do this, avoid this, best practices that previous generations are struggling to catch up on. The reason that we get hired to create a LinkedIn talking head video for someone and consult on the copy that would get written and tell you when the right time to post on the platform is and how to think about this two minute video that you're creating is for as much wisdom and institutional knowledge as the CEO of marketing group one or corporation two has, they don't have the fluency in these platforms that I would assume most of the people in this room do. The way that that's connected to professional selling is an example that we shared in the previous class of having a library of content that in some way or shape or form is a more dynamic resume. Like resumes are freaking boring, right? Like you've got one page trying to summarize everything that you do and everything that you're about in less than 200 words, that's miserable. But we as humans have a really intuitive sense of evaluating someone and deciding whether to take them seriously by just looking at them and listening to them for a couple minutes. Most of the people in this room have already decided, oh, this guy like seems to have his wits about him or is completely full of shit and I'm tuning out, I'm just gonna look at my phone or try to catch a few winks. Everyone can do that and bringing that philosophy into the job search is actually what will give you a different, or even the sales process, gives you a different edge. So an example is, I was at a blockchain conference on a Saturday morning uh, about five months ago. And 
This room was full of hacker bros, right? They're wearing hoodies, jeans, sloppy. It's a Saturday morning, like no one has got it all together. I was sitting towards the back and this woman comes in who, I mean right off the back, woman, older, probably older than the median age of the room and dressed really well. Like I'm not any sort of fashion aficionado, but she was not wearing a cheap dress. Like she was well put together. She had really prepared for the day. Comes in and like high school cafeteria, doesn't know anyone, sits down, like people aren't necessarily relating because you know, that's just how social dynamics work. I came over and I said hello. We, we get to talking, I find out she was a telecommunications executive with more than two decades of experience who was transitioning into a new role and trying to understand all these exciting new technologies for which Pittsburgh is an absolute hotbed. Artificial intelligence startups, robotic startups, like this really is one of the ground zeros within the United States and beyond for fascinating companies and everyone in terms of deciding what your next steps may be, should take a note from uh, a podcast interview we did with the founder of Niche.com. They raised $5.5 million in a Series B and are creating this repository for making your college decision, making a marriage decision, making a housing decision. He said, I have plenty of tech talent. I can get tech talent from CMU, from Pitt. They're spitting them out of these engineering departments. I can't find offensive talent. I cannot find people who can sell, who can market, who can be the offensive side of my house for this technological machine that I'm making in my office of 70 plus people. He said that in a podcast interview to me. Um, getting back to the thing with, said hello, met her, and just found out these details about her, found out that she wanted to learn more about blockchain. I host a podcast with more than 340 episodes in it, of which a few have been about blockchain technology. I have those as one web page on my site, Going Deep with Aaron, and I sent her the link to that. Not expecting anything. I wasn't trying to sell one of these services I talked about. I, there, I never went in for the ask, pushed across the paper with the line that is dotted on it. I literally just acted like a human being, was kind, shared a resource with her that I had happened to produce. Three weeks later, she reaches out to me, says, hey, Aaron, thank you so much for sharing that with me. It was fascinating. I learned this. I saw also that you're doing Piper Creative. Can you tell me a little bit more about your one service offering? And from that, we had a conversation, we had a cup of coffee, she became a client of ours. But you can see that all the work happened, like, like the 98% of the sale happened by me walking up and saying hello, being a kind, decent person, and then having this repository of content that established who I was to her. By the time we had actually sat down for an, our first real conversation for a cup of coffee, she already knew my background, she knew what I was about, she had heard me from my podcast for hours in her ears. That makes for a much, much easier sales process. There's people who get into sales roles and they're smiling and dialing, cold calling, cold emailing, and there's a way to make that work. My philosophy is that that's just not the position that I wanna be in and I wanna help get my clients into a position where they don't have to be doing that. And instead, through this content, start on second base and then just close the deal once people start coming inbound to you. But that is the essence of what Piper's doing. That is the essence of the philosophy that I have. And um, yeah, that's the two cents on it. Another aspect, I mentioned the podcast before. I've been podcasting for three years, done more than 344 episodes of my show. What's fascinating about that is 
Often in the sales process, your biggest challenge is access. There are decision makers, if you're selling like a complex enterprise sale, even getting access to the executive at the Fortune 500, the CEO of the tech startup, who's so busy, who's literally juggling 72 different things, getting 30 minutes of that person's attention, getting them to give two shits about you and what it is that you're selling is a serious challenge. The podcast has been one of my hacks to solve that problem. When I was 24, I interviewed the mayor of Pittsburgh, Bill Peduto, in his office right down the street. If you know anything about politics in general, you don't become mayor, you don't stay mayor by just filling your day with meetings with 24 year olds. Just not what you do. However, because there was an audience, not a huge audience, but a small audience for the show, we had this equipment, I had the track record where his staff could go onto my website and see that I wasn't full of shit, I'd done 100 episodes. That opened the door for me to actually be in there and ask the questions that I had about, so how do you become mayor? How do you have a philosophy that people can rally around and actually get inspired by your message? Or even, quite frankly, having proximity to someone in that type of position. As soon as you get close to someone that you maybe look up to or idolize, or maybe not even that grandiose of a thing, you just respect their accomplishments, they're really accomplished, by getting in the same room with them and recognizing that they're just human beings, your confidence goes in another place. The 35th episode of my show, I interviewed a finance blogger by the name of Barry Ritholtz. If you do any sort of research about finance blogs or the realm of social media oriented around finance and investing and wealth and all this stuff, he is one of the first names that will come up. Absolutely massive, literally millions of unique visitors to his website every single month. He's built an entire wealth management company off of that digital presence. I was sweating through my shirt. I was walking up and down the street in front of his office because I got there like 47 minutes early on the phone with my dad being like, this is like, just psych me up dad. Like just give me something to make me a little bit more confident in this. And then you go in and he's a great guy. Like he doesn't mean anything to most of the people in this room, but this was a big deal. I literally decided to study economics at Pitt because of reading his blog. So it, it held a lot of significance for me. And then he goes in, he's a nice guy, and maybe he wasn't a nice guy, that's a, irrelevant either way, but you recognize this is just a human being. He's been in the trenches working for 40 years, that was the no other thing that he said is, nothing happens overnight, everyone said I was this overnight sensation as a finance blogger. I've been blogging since before September 11th, and that was actually one of the first blog posts that raised his notoriety, because he was right there in Manhattan, near Ground Zero when it happened, and literally just worked his tail off, stayed super humble, and got his business off the ground. Sharing that message and not purporting myself to be the expert. Like the other thing no one wants to hear from is a 23 year old life coach or someone telling them, this is what you should do because I'm 22 years old. I'm I realize I'm kind of doing that right now so you can scoff at me if you want to, but what the essence of the content that I'm creating is, is in very small realms. Like we're gonna talk about LinkedIn a little bit. I know LinkedIn is working. I know I'm getting clients for Piper Creative because of LinkedIn. I know that each and every one of you in this room can get a job using LinkedIn, can meet a new mentor using LinkedIn, can raise your profile and sell more using LinkedIn. So I feel very comfortable telling you about that. I'm not gonna tell you how to live your life. I'm not, I've not been around the block enough to actually do that. But by packaging the stories of someone who's become the mayor of Pittsburgh or someone who's become one of the biggest finance bloggers on earth, being the vehicle which, through which people can access that story, shaping it, editing it, putting some bookends on it to some degree, 
I get a little bit of that brand equity, that story, rubbing off in terms of the credibility that I then have with my audience. So that's something that I would challenge everyone to think about is if you're gonna be creating your own content as it pertains to the sales that you wanna be making, not focusing on making it all about yourself, highlighting other people, featuring other people. Um, we have an account that's actually growing faster than any of our other ones. It's still very small. It's called Entrepreneurs of Pittsburgh on Instagram. Literally, I or number, another person of the Piper Creative team will walk into a bakery or a barber shop or into one of the tech accelerators, the co-working spaces downtown, meet the entrepreneurs there, take their picture, and conduct a three to five minute interview that we then turn into the caption for the Instagram post. It's very similar to Humans of New York, if you guys are familiar with that. I think we have like 35 posts and it's already over 200 followers. We don't do anything to promote it. We don't like share it on any of our other, any of our other channels because we just want to prove that the concept is something that people are interested in. There is no look at me character at the center of it. It's all oriented around others. I think that's another thing that everyone here can do and it's also one of the obstacles that people have because I don't, I don't buy the, the narrative that other generations have that like the younger generation is so narcissistic because we take selfies. That doesn't seem true to me at all. I actually think that there's a real, there, there could be so much more self-promotion on these platforms. I mean they're free to use and there isn't because we're very aware socially that if you just keep posting about yourself over and over and over again, it's always me, 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 people will just tune you out and not be interested. So one of the solutions to that, and I actually have a friend who Dave and I were talking about who uh, has a best-selling book because of this, is create content oriented, oriented around other people. Alan Gannett, who will be speaking at my conference uh, in March of 2019, has a software company that's raised more than $20 million, really successful in Washington, D.C., wrote a book called The Creative Curve um, that was on Audible, the uh, Audible book platform by Amazon, was one of the 30 best-selling business books on the entire platform. Like we're talking business icons up and down that list if you scroll through it. Alan Gannett is right there. Literally sold it all off the back of three minutes LinkedIn videos that he shot on his phone. There wasn't some fancy camera, there wasn't this overly produced crazy intro sequence. Literally, because he was talking to all these people who were you know, Fortune 500 clients of his for his software company, at the end of a meeting he go, can we do a quick video? Okay, um, Stacy, you are the head of HR for Dick's Sporting Goods. You have hired so many people. What's one piece of advice you would give to someone looking to get a job in the sports industry? And, and Stacy already knew before that they recorded that that's the question that she was gonna be answering, so she's not completely off put by it. He wraps it up, done. Throw it through a software that stabilizes it. Throw it into a service like rev.com that adds captions to it. Write a relatively interesting caption, or I guess it's copy on LinkedIn, that tags Stacy and, and tags Dick Sporting Goods, uses a couple of the appropriate hashtags. Thousands of views across these platforms. Real influence within the business world it also opens doors for him to potentially sell Track Maven into some of these organizations. It's so simple. That, that's so simple. Like, literally, everyone here would have the skill set to do that because you've grown up with a smartphone. That's your edge. Your edge is that in basic production terms, you've posted dozens of stories to either Instagram or Snapchat. You have that basic skill of being able to use the camera on this thing that other generations don't have.
And you don't have to be overly self-promotional, but you can use it to have an absolutely unfair advantage selling. Our biggest client, our biggest client came to me this way. I went and recorded a podcast with Bill Flanagan. I'm just pointing outside and that doesn't mean anything to you guys. Bill Flanagan uh, hosts a show called Our Region's Business. It's been going on for decades. Goes up on Kate, sees that video, cold, cold messages me on LinkedIn, says, hey, we're looking to get into more digital media, particularly podcasting. Can we get a cup of coffee about what you guys do and see if it might be a fit? It was the quickest, most efficient meeting I've ever had. There's so many meetings you go to where there's no point, there's no objective, you la-dee-da for an hour, and then you walk away and like, why did I even take that meeting? 20 minutes, rapid fire questions, here's what I wanna do, can you do that? Yes, I give a couple extra ideas, a little extra sizzle and spice on top. They had signed the sales agreement and were taking our first consulting meeting a week later. From a two minute video on LinkedIn. No one is talking about this as a business development platform. No one is talking about this as a lead generation platform. They're talking about it as, what's well, kind of like your resume with like a little more detail. They're, they're talking about it as, here's a place that recruiters and a couple other characters can spam you. Like th that's, that's what it is because people aren't using it as the amazing tool that it is. The other thing that's, that's difficult, now if you're selling fit tea or you're selling something related to fashion or music, maybe Instagram is the place to do that. But if you're actually talking about professional sales, LinkedIn is the only platform where everyone is what they say they are. Because in the Instagram profile or the Facebook profile, people will say entrepreneur or influencer. They're not entrepreneur or influencer. But I can't put on my LinkedIn profile CEO of Chatham Center. I can't do that because there actually is a CEO who will be like, no, you are fucking not. <laughs> so you know exactly who everyone is. If you wanted to get the job at BNY Mellon in their investment banking department, you can go on the platform and find every single person in that department. They all have LinkedIn profiles. You can follow them. You can try to connect with them. You can comment on every single post that they make within not just nice or simple one-word comments, but actual thoughtful discussion about the concept that they're trying to put out into the world and they're trying to perpetuate as part of their job, that's really endearing. That doesn't happen. Like, as someone who's created a fuckload of content over the last three years, a lot of people don't comment. There's a rule on the internet, the 99-1 rule. 90% of the people that consume your shit never comment on it. They never engage in any way, shape, or form. Doesn't mean they aren't consuming it. Doesn't mean they aren't seeing it and processing it and maybe starting to like you more or less because of it. They just never interact with it. 9% every once in a while will comment or post on it, and then one person are like rabid. They either hate you or love you, and every single thing they're giving some love to it. If you were actually regularly posting with these characters that you want to connect with, you are very quickly, assuming you can say something coherent and relevant, you're very quickly going to rise up the ladder of people that are interesting to them. And it doesn't matter who you are or what your background is. You can put in your byline, junior at Duquesne University, aspiring sales professional, Anyone who's hiring for sales roles, who's getting insightful commentary on their posts from a character, they're gonna look at you. They're gonna, they're gonna reach out to you. Forget the application screening process. They're gonna say, come and meet me for coffee next week. That's how the business world actually works. Don't be intimidated by the fill an application and we have a computer algorithm that'll weed out certain words and try to control for our bias. Like, don't go that route. Take 
autonomy and agency and take it into your own hands and make it happen for yourself. The best part of this, I promise, even though I'm like getting all excited, would be questions from you guys. Like, I have this specific problem. Don't try to like ask the insightful, cool question. Like, I'm trying to get a job as a music video director. How do I do that? I will workshop with you right here, and it'll be valuable for everyone, how you could do something like that. So I think about literally all day. You go in for an interview. Uh, you know, you do all your stuff on, um, through your company or through other, you know, like all the blogs and everything like that, and you finally get an interview. How do you deal with an old school interviewer who doesn't understand all this stuff? Are you, so you're talking about getting a job and getting interviewed maybe at like step two of a three-step interview process. So, so I would run for the frickin' hills from someone who doesn't get it. Like, to me, at the stage of the game that everyone in this room's in, you shouldn't, like, I, I even think chasing, like, the biggest paycheck straight out of school is probably not the right thing to pursue. I would be much more oriented around getting around A players. So what the podcast allows me to do is I literally have the contact info of a bunch of major tech CEOs and entrepreneurs and could bounce ideas off of them. If I were you, I would like breaking that premise, I would say, like if you don't get this, if you don't get the significance of this and how it's only gonna be continued to it's only going to continue to ascend, that's not something I would want to be a part of. If someone really is adamant about it, then the best thing you can do is have proof of it working. Like I have these case studies of it working. You could have the case study of, I landed seven interviews in 28 days by posting every single day to LinkedIn. And that also subtly signals to the person, I have other options. I, not only do I know some shit because I got all those interviews, and that's not something everyone is doing, but I have other options, so this interview isn't so one way. Does that make sense? No other questions. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about, um, I talked about the Going Deep Summit being in March. I held my first ever conference in January of this year. We had nine speakers. It was very much like a TED type of event. It was over in East Liberty. We had 180 people show up, sponsors from a bunch of different areas. Why was that possible? The reason that was possible was because of the subsequent two years of work we had done to put out content and build a email list, a brand within Pittsburgh, connections throughout the city. It was also not something that I started with in mind. The other aspect of creating this content, putting yourself out there, just being in the business world in general, is things are going to continue to evolve and you're going to recognize new opportunities when they, when they appear to you. I only recognized that there was room in the Pittsburgh market for an innovation big idea type of conference because I'd gone to Austin, Texas and New York and a couple other cities and been to these type of events, recognized that there wasn't anything like that in Pittsburgh. There was TEDx and there's Thrival, but people actually have more of a hunger for events like that. And every single talk at the Going Deep Summit was filmed. It's up on YouTube as a solo uh, thing. One of the talks is over 4,000 views, which isn't crazy, but like isn't nothing. Every single video ends with the next Going Deep Summit is March 23rd, 2019. And we then have that footage that we can pull out little snippets of. And the best two minutes of Ed Lattimore's talk about getting knocked out in a heavyweight bout when he was undefeated and how he put himself back together, 
I can share that. Someone thinks that little story is compelling, and then I say, you'll get more of this if you buy your ticket March 23rd. Like that, that type of connection between the content that you're creating and the sales that you want to make is just seamless for us. The fact that like part of what's been happening here as you guys have been sitting here is I've created eight pieces of content for LinkedIn and Instagram and TJ is going to stitch this all together and it's going to be up within a week is just not even a muscle that most organizations have. And you know, we, we've hosted small seminars. We did a, a seminar with three Pittsburgh Instagram influencers, Aaron Bachman, uh, Nicole DeMarco, and Chancellor Humphrey. I don't know if you guys have heard of Keep Pittsburgh Dope. Not getting any nods. So all these folks, uh, 23,000, 28,000, 120,000 followers on Instagram, brand deals, like could live just off of that if they wanted to. And we hosted this panel where we sold tickets. We had more than 40 people come to Alloy 26 on the North Shore. And what was so funny, I didn't recognize this until we were actually there for the first one, is it was profitable. Like we didn't make a ton of money on it. It was like 200 bucks for the amount of time we spent. Like it's really not that great of a deal. But we got so much content out of that. It was, it was subsidized. It was like imagine building a production studio in your office and having someone else pay for it. Like that, that someone else just subsidized all this content that we created and we have connections with these three influencers now in the city is just not even how anyone else in the city is thinking about running their business. And if you can even just even understand that and be able to speak about it fluently, you have an advantage in the marketplace without a doubt. Um, last week, the other, another speaker we had, uh, it, like, it seems like your platform that you really like is uh, LinkedIn and he really, he was like a big advocate of uh, Facebook, and I was just wondering what you think about, like, wow. I feel like Facebook, everyone, like, I don't, for example, I don't have a LinkedIn, but I mean, after hearing you talk, I think I'm going to get a LinkedIn, I think it's definitely <laughs> Seriously, like, if, if you do nothing other than, than create that and start to go on the platform for five minutes a week, I've delivered value for everyone in this room. But, but keep going, sorry. But I was just saying, uh, just using that as an example, not like, not everyone has a LinkedIn, but I'd say like uh, a lot, a lot more people have Facebook than LinkedIn. So I was just wondering. So here's the thought process. So here's what happens with every single social media platform. The playbook is well defined. At the beginning, there you have to incentivize people to create content on your platform. There isn't a lot of content, so supply is low. So every single thing that gets posted gets blasted out to like all your followers. Like can, I, I'm sure people can even remember like back in the day I would post and everyone would see my shit and now I post and 40% of the people see my shit. Does anyone relate to that? See some nodding going on? What has happened, why that happens is over time more and more people see it as an opportunity so the supply of people posting goes up. However, the bandwidth of people's attention is pretty finite. Like you might spend more time on Snapchat than you used to, or more time on Instagram than you used to, but there's only so many hours in the day, right? So attention is fixed, supply goes up, so the reach of all these posts goes down. The social media platforms absolutely love this because what they then do is tank every brand's page. They tank their reach and say, you're gonna have to pay to get exposure to this audience. That's why every third post on Instagram now is an ad because they're monetizing the shit out of that platform when they weren't so much two years ago. And Facebook, even worse so. I have a Facebook page with over a thousand fans on it. I'm lucky if a hundred people see a post. Like if I, if I 
posted a link to my most recent podcast right now, I would be thrilled that 100 people viewed the post, let alone clicked through to the actual episode. So the reason LinkedIn is where you need to be is because I posted a video last night. Let's actually see it right here, right now. This internet is probably gonna let me down. Let that, in, that, let that load. We're consistently making posts that go beyond the entirety of my followership on the platform. So like Twitter, where a retweet is supposed to expose you to that person's audience and that's how you would grow organically, likes on LinkedIn work the exact same way. When I like something, not everyone, but a lot of people in my network see that I liked it and it functions almost like a retweet. So when I post a video about how we need to stop spamming LinkedIn requests, which is something, if you're on LinkedIn regularly, happens all the frickin' time. Like Steve from Idaho, who I've never heard of before, but sells widgets, wants to connect with me, clearly to sell me widgets. Like there's no other context to it. I made a video about how that's obnoxious. Had over 6,000 reach on that post because a bunch of people liked it, exposing it to their audience, and now I'm seeing it lists all the people who like the post, second and third connections who are not only viewing it, but also liking it and sharing it to their audience as well. So getting back to the point of, LinkedIn is at a stage where relative to all these other platforms, like it's saturated. Everyone's posting to Instagram. Everyone's posting to Facebook. If you're, if you're making ads, like it, it, it's not lacking in value, but I also know the people in this room, life is so hard, there's no way, I mean, I'm being sarcastic, I'm gonna take that out of it. It's hard to be everywhere and all things to all people, right? If you have a limited amount of effort, a limited amount of um, bandwidth to do this type of stuff, then I just think there's a higher ROI to doing it on LinkedIn because the supply is still less. And the other aspect of it is, some of the supply fucking sucks. Like, there's grainy, boring photos that, that are just terrible, but it's because of who's posting on these platforms. If, if you're on Instagram, you're competing with the lifestyle blogger who's doing a flip off of a swing on a sandy beach holding a fit tee, and you're like, I could not possibly recreate this photo. But then you have people on LinkedIn, you have people on LinkedIn who are taking photos of like their booth at a conference, like a stationary table with a sign, and that's what they're sharing. That sucks, it's like really boring. So if you can just get beyond that, if you, if you can have the self-confidence to talk for two uninterrupted minutes about what you learn in your professional sales class with Dave and post it, you are literally already in the top quartile, probably the top 10th of all the stuff on that platform. If you stabilize it and add captions and write mildly compelling copy, you're gonna crush everyone. You're gonna crush absolutely everyone on the platform because a lot of the people creating content there don't know what they're doing. Hope that answers the question. So I, I'm assuming that in your position, you're more um, quality over quantity then? Because uh, I have like, I've met people with such different views on how to use LinkedIn and what it's for. And like, I know kids who won't even like be connected with like people in our business fraternity. He's like, I, I'm only for perfect, like higher level professionals that I want to connect with. Whereas I'm kind of more like, I want to connect with everyone in my circle and like their stuff and comment on their stuff and encourage and kind of stuff like that. That's very smart. I think it's a blending of the two. Yeah. Like you can over index on quality and I could have every SEO shop in India 
connect with me because that's like one of the groups that tend to spam on that platform. Like you don't need to go that far into quantity, but what someone like I'm only interested in high value connections, what they're missing is, well that's in the present. Like right now, we see the high, it's, much, it's very easy to see the hierarchy right now. Like we could go look up who are the CEOs in Pittsburgh, who are the C-suite executives in Pittsburgh, who are the people without jobs in Pittsburgh, but that's not gonna be stationary. Some of these people are gonna retire, die, get fired. Some of these people are gonna rise like phoenixes and actually being connected to them and being kind to them when they were lower actually gives you more street cred because everyone wants the attention of Bill Demchak at PNC. Everyone wants his attention. Why compete for that when everyone else is competing for that attention? Why not compete for the badass student who's still getting their MBA at Duquesne, who one day, you can just tell, you can tell when someone's high potential. Why not connect with them now, establish a relationship, and then in 12 years, you're gonna be able to get the meeting you want. Helpful? Yeah. Your question? I saw your hand go up before. That was like similar to what you already covered. I like, I am like him, like I feel like now I have to get a LinkedIn, even though I've always kind of thought like I should have one, but now I'm so, yeah. but then I don't know like what LinkedIn is all about and what I should have on there and like even my picture, like should I have a professional photo, should I just have like a regular? Right, so, so the absolute, so it's, it's basically a three-step process. Step one is get on, get a presence, consume. See what's on there, see what is crap. See what's like, oh, well clearly this has one like and it's obnoxious, like don't do that. Oh, this seems to be working really well. I'm gonna try to do something more like that, like even just getting a flavor, because it is different. Like the, the sweaty, I mean there's people who do sweaty selfies on LinkedIn too, it's terrible, but like that's not really the place for that. You know what I mean? Um, you consume, you get a handle on what people are doing there. The next step isn't necessarily to create something. The next step is to comment and curate. So commenting is on the stuff that's good, put your two cents in. It sounds like you're already doing that. Like don't, when someone says, uh, you know, I'm announcing my new sales textbook. It's out now, I'm super excited about it. I worked so hard. You could comment, nice. Or you could comment, that's so awesome, Dave. I learned so much from you during our four months together in the professional sales class. Let me know when it's officially out, or you know, hope hope it goes well. Like you don't have to you don't have to write a uh, screed, but put some thought into it. You know what I mean? The other side of it is curating. So I don't know exactly what it is that you're consuming now. Like I'm sure there's plenty of frivolous stuff. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily be sharing what you just saw on Barstool Sports on LinkedIn. But if you listen to a podcast that is, fr that is really interesting and you really have a fascinating takeaway about B2B SaaS metrics because of it, post that podcast, write a little description of, from this podcast I learned XYZ. And what's really fascinating about that is you can overthink that. You can be like, people are gonna think it's so lame that I only just figured that LTV is lifetime value and you calculate that by multiplying the uh, monthly revenue by the expected life of the client, blah, 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 blah. But no, in fact, some people don't know that, so you're gonna be teaching them just because you just learned it. And then other folks that have known that for a while, they're not gonna like detract from you for having learned. Like that, that's just not how society works. We don't, hopefully, don't shame people for learning, 
But what some people recognize is this person is learning in public. And that's, I mean, that's part of my brand. My, my brand, every single month, I post the best book that I read and a little bit about the book on my email list. And on one page of my website, I have every book recommendation that I've ever made. And a lot of them are like stuff that if you're reading a lot of business books, you probably consumed. But that's part of my learning in public and track record of Aaron reads books. And now people come to me like one-to-one -one for book recommendations. And in the same sense, by learning in public, you're signaling to people, I'm, making, I'm the type of person that makes an effort to better myself. And that, more than anything, is what a VP of sales in an organization is going to look for when they're hiring. Is this someone who actively makes an effort to better themselves? Yes, you check that box. The final step is the actual new content creation. That could be as simple as read the book, find an amazing two-sentence quote in How to Win Friends and Influence People that really resonates with you, write it, uh, Dale, you know, in quotes, Dale Carnegie, post. That's not going to hurt you. I mean, if, if it's like a ridiculous quote, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't quote like uh, Mein Kampf or something like like that. Probably wouldn't be the direction to go. But, <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. Like it, it doesn't. You don't have to overthink something like this. We just did a video that did pretty well. I read a Joseph Campbell quote, and then I gave my two cents uh, on video about it for a minute, and that got like basically reached my entire network on LinkedIn. That quote plus a little bit of my two cents. Anyone here can do that. Is that helpful though, like the three steps of before that? I hadn't quite said it that way before, that was good. That's the nice thing about public speaking is you actually like clarify some of your ideas and thoughts a little bit. And we have it on video, so we'll post that. So we'll take we'll take one or two more questions. And then uh, like last week, what I'd like you to do is um, Get a picture with Aaron and post it on LinkedIn or your newly created LinkedIn accounts. Um, tag Duquesne, tag Aaron and Piper Creative, and tag myself. There's got to be more questions. There's got to be something someone in this room is trying to accomplish and you're not sure how to do it. I'm not saying I have the answers, but let's workshop it. Someone wants a mentor. Go ahead. Um, I've been applying for like jobs at like American Eagle, and so I sent messages to recruiters on LinkedIn. Never heard back. Do you have any like suggestions? So, the the essence of that is the difference between like one to one messages, which are selling. Like that's I'm selling myself to you. I'm going to write something compelling that makes you interested in me, versus a more inbound philosophy or like approach to something like that. To me, what would get someone interested in me, how I make myself interesting, is by being interested in them first. And while that person probably isn't like opening the app being like, I hope someone else is like spamming my messages asking for something. Not that that's what you're intending, but that's how they might interpret it. They would probably love it if more people commented on and engaged with their post on LinkedIn. So not only are you giving them more of what they want, which is just gonna bring them in and like you more, but you're doing it in a public forum. Where that one message, if you're messaging Sean at American Eagle, only Sean is seeing that, if you're taking the time in, Sean's seeing that, but probably like eight other people at American Eagle are seeing that. And then eight other people at four other companies are doing it. So you're gonna scale yourself more effectively, and you're not necessarily coming in for the ask at the first time. Like I'm sure that we can all relate to in a professional or a personal setting, someone coming in for the ask right off the bat, it's like, whoa, easy. 
playing the long game. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.